get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. You know, the owners are upset about this because this is a lawsuit that hasn't gone away. A lot of them have had to submit to discovery, and they got fined by the judge in St. Louis for not fully complying to it. And the trial is due to start on January 10th. That's weeks before the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Obviously, Crocky's made an effort to settle, but that's been unsuccessful. And so I'm not exactly sure where this goes from here. That was Seth Wickersham yesterday. He had the big report over on ESPN.com about Stan Kroenke apparently trying to get out of covering all of the legal expenses for the NFL in this in this uh, relocation lawsuit here in St. Louis with Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Want to continue talking about that with Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. He joins us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Mike, we always appreciate you hopping on with us. So let's get right into this. What was your re- uh, reaction yesterday when you saw this report? from Seth Wickersham? Well, first of all, there's a fly on the wall that is singing like a canary. I mixed my metaphors, but they got somebody <laughs> in that room that, that they need to shut up. And Because uh, I think for a variety of reasons, what came out yesterday was very bad and would have been the worst news for the NFL but for the the still ongoing Washington football team investigation controversy. But I'm not surprised that Stan Kroenke according to the NFL, is trying to back away from his agreement to basically foot the entire bill for legal fees and any settlement or judgment or whatever other cost may arise from litigation related to the move of the team. Someone told me a couple of weeks ago that that's one of the key ingredients that could fuel the eventual offer of an expansion team to St. Louis. If the NFL ends up on the hook for a massive amount of money, there's a point where the NFL just throws its hands in the air and says, how about a team instead? So if Kroenke follows through on this potential threat to take the NFL to court over the indemnity agreement and prevails, and the NFL is looking at sharing that massive liability potentially around and among the 32 teams, that's very bad news for the NFL, but could be good news for anybody in St. Louis who would want an NFL team. I don't know how many do, but... But Kroenke starting to step away from that agreement is a step in the direction of potentially an expansion team. Mike, the quote that caught my eye in that article yesterday was from the Giants owner, John Mara, basically saying that if Kroenke wouldn't have admitted to paying all of the lawsuit money, then the, we would have never moved the team from St. Louis. Does that essentially just destroy this lawsuit for the NFL? I don't think it does because it doesn't surprise me that they wanted indemnity. They would 
probably make that a standard term in any relocation, that any litigation coming out of this move has to be covered by the team that is moving. It doesn't help, but I don't think that it's the death blow. I think they already know that they're facing a major problem. Stan Kroenke wouldn't be trying to get out from under the indemnity agreement if he didn't fear that there was a major financial obligation that was coming his way. And I I was struck by a couple of things. First, the idea that Kroenke is blaming the Chargers and the Raiders for their joint proposal for a stadium in Carson that was competing with the Inglewood project. And Kroenke believes that in that proposal, in an effort to convince the owners to vote for them and not for Kroenke, they laid out the roadmap for a theory based upon violating the terms of the relocation policy. And then the conversation that occurred between Jerry Jones and Jeff Pash, the NFL's general counsel, about settlement, the, the figures thrown around there are, are, are jarring. And it, it makes you wonder how much it is going to take at this point to settle this thing because the, the stronger the case is for the St. Louis plaintiffs, the, the higher and higher the price for settling it goes. Do you think Kroenke has a case to be made on this clause? Like, I, I don't know what the language is in that, in whatever he signed, but do you think he has a case here? Well, I'd have to see the language. Sure. So what I know is the person I spoke to a couple of weeks ago who first raised the fear that if the number is big enough, Kroenke will try to get out from under it said that the lawyers for the league previously informed the owners that the language in the indemnity agreement is ironclad, but they won't put anything past Kroenke. And when you look at the amount of money that's at stake, if you have a way to bring the issue to a head and the amount of money in legal fees would be minuscule, less than minuscule in comparison to what you'd be saving if you win, why not give it a try? Why not raise the issue? Why not just throw it out there? And now that this idea of an expansion team is out there, maybe Kroenke can create enough doubt about the indemnity agreement to scare the league into saying, we want certainty, and the best way to get certainty is to offer an expansion team to St. Louis. I assume they would have two expansion teams total if they do that. They they presumably don't want to go back to 1999, 2000, 2001, where there were an odd number of teams in the league before the Texans joined the Browns as the two latest additions. But I think that enough uncertainty could get the NFL to say, we're going to play it safe here. We're going to try to settle this thing with the promise of a team. But it may be too late for that. Look, they had their chance to settle this thing early, and they waited. And then when they start losing, the price goes up. So anything that the St. Louis plaintiffs would have wanted years ago, That's gone now, because right now everything is pointing in the direction of the plaintiffs, and it's on the NFL to put enough on the table to get them to surrender this ability to take the NFL to trial and see if they can can get a staggering verdict. That's where I was going to go next, Mike. Do you feel like it's more likely that this ends in a trial or ends in a settlement? Well, I think the smart thing to do would be to settle the case. But again, the problem is if the plaintiffs sense desperation, the price keeps going up and up and up. And frankly, and back when I used to try cases, we had an outcome where the jury found in my client's favor, and then the jury found also that there should be an award of punitive damages, and the judge had bifurcated the trial, so the jury was going to go back and determine the award of punitive damages. Suddenly, the defendant, which had not wanted to settle at all, was very interested in settling, and my client was like, oh, oh let's do this. I said, well, no, no, hang, hang on a second. <laughs> you, you rarely have a major corporation buy the 
insert word that I said, you just got to squeeze a little bit before you give up. And I think that the plaintiffs out there in St. Louis are going to be squeezing a lot because they know they're desperate at this point. So I think the smart thing for the NFL to do would be to settle the case ASAP. But the price is probably something that they would refuse to pay. And at a certain point, you just say, the hell with it. Let's just let's roll the dice because maybe we will get lucky. And the best news for the NFL, given all the rulings they've lost, if they would somehow pull a rabbit out of the hat or some other orifice during trial, it would be almost impossible for the St. Louis, Louis plaintiffs to win on appeal because they haven't lost any significant rulings. It would be hard for them to appeal. You want to lose some rulings so you have grounds for appeal, and I think that St. Louis would have very few. We're talking to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk here on BK and Ferrario. Mike, let's take a step back for a second because you mentioned something, and I think it was your first answer that is interesting. How in the hell does this get out? Like this piece from Seth Wickersham, I know he's incredibly well-sourced, and I don't know who the source was for this or if there were a dozen of them, but how does all of this from this meeting that is basically exclusively owners and for teams that didn't send their owner, one person that was representing their owner, how does this get out to somebody outside of that room? Well, he knows somebody in ownership who is willing to violate his or her duty Frankly, and it's hard for me to say this because we thrive in an industry where the more information that gets out, the better. But in a situation like this, somebody who has a duty, a fiduciary duty to keep their mouth shut is running their mouth to the detriment of everyone, including themselves. That's what's so stunning about this. If they had an, um, an ownership meeting with one person per team there, presumably the owner, there is no reason for anyone to talk about this because you don't want this thing to be perceived as a situation in complete and total disarray. Unless this is some high-level Jedi mind trick and rope-a-dope that they're trying to set up and, and they, they're lying to Seth Wickersham and they want the St. Louis plaintiffs to be too confident. But I, I, w- I would not give them that kind of credit to being able to pull something like that off, even if there was a reason to. But, yeah, it, it is a major problem for the league that somebody sang to Wickersham about what happened in that room because these are things that that really they should not want anyone knowing. So, Mike, since the last time we spoke and then this coming out, did the needle move at all for you in terms of the likelihood of a franchise coming to St. Louis and the outcome of this? Oh, it's, now, there's still a long way to go before we get to the point where there would be a franchise, and there are many questions that would need to be answered. Who would own it? What would the terms of the lease be? Where would they play? Would there be a commitment to have the team there for 50 years, 70 years? I don't know. But I I, I think it's closer than it was because one of the key ingredients is Kroenke reneging on his indemnity agreement and the league having to choose between potentially staggering financial responsibility and just coming to grips with the idea, hey, we can make that market work. It used to work. It worked for 20 years, and it worked for X number of years before that when the Cardinals were in St. Louis. And so much of the money now comes from the TV revenue, and the gambling revenue is going to be key. I don't know where things stand. I can't keep all the states straight if Missouri <laughs> has legalized gambling yet. Illinois but, does, and it's like five minutes from the border. Okay, so. well, then there you go. But, but that, that's a big part of it, too. And, and also, the idea... You know, the NFL wants to get to 18 games, and they surely will try at some point. After 18 games, that's when the expansion discussion begins, because with the legalized gambling, they're going to want to increase inventory. And if you can only have so many games, 
whether it's 17 or 18, and maybe the union says, no way, no how are we going to 18. Well, they, they previously said, no way, no how are we going to 17. <laughs> but 18 is the absolute maximum. Beyond that, the only way to increase inventory is to increase teams. And, and St. Louis would be one of the viable places to have an expansion team anyway. It's just very easy, I think, for the NFL to come to terms with the benefit of putting a team on an expansion basis in St. Louis and and maybe after thinking it through and talking it through realizing hey you know what it makes sense anyway and it gets us out of this major problem that we're in financially. Mike Florio joining us for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Mike has a follow up to that if if St. Louis and I have to imagine this would be their stance says to the NFL, "All right, sweet, you want to you want to settle this thing and you're going to do so by an expansion team." Well, we need a stadium, we need a practice facility and you better waive that expansion fee. That is going to be expensive. I mean, the the expansion fee, I think it was like $1.5 billion or something like that. It's, it's very expensive to get a team. When you, when you put that next to what the settlement would be in terms of financial dollars, do you think it would still make sense for the league to go that path? Would that be the path of least resistance for them potentially still? Well, the question becomes abandoning revenue versus incurring expense. And are you willing to make it cheaper than it would be for someone to own a team in St. Louis? What are you willing to waive? What commitments are you willing to make? How much money are you willing to devote to the construction of a stadium if there will be little or no public money available? Those are all things that the NFL will have to decide. But at least the money you spend or the revenue that you forego in allowing an expansion team to do business in St. Louis, you make money off of that over the long haul. When you write a check, a gigantic, massive check, to either settle the case or satisfy the verdict, you don't get anything out of it. So it's not all that difficult to justify putting a team in St. Louis. Now, there may be some hard feelings that need to be overcome, but you know these are business people. They understand the difference between litigation and business, and they know that people in St. Louis are doing what they have to do because they believe their rights were violated, and it's becoming more and more obvious that they were. And good for them, they did something about it. And so as a business proposition, what does it take to move forward? And the best way to move forward is move forward in a way that you ultimately make money. So if, if I was in a position where I was making the decisions or advising on the decisions, and frankly, every NFL fan out there should be happy that I'm not, <laughs> I would be arguing aggressively to to award an expansion team to St. Louis and frankly I would have been arguing a long time ago basically the moment the US Supreme Court said there's no way you can force this case into arbitration that would have been the moment that I would have been saying we have to put a ton of money on the table and make this thing go away now and the, the longer they waited and that's another twist I've learned about this the lawyers didn't do a very good job of sounding the alarm that the alarm really didn't begin to signal until the ruling in July that multiple owners had to turn over their financial information because they they could quite possibly be on the hook for punitive damages. That's when people finally started to wake up to how bad this could go for the NFL. So, Mike, if I if I take you down this path and Kroenke has decided and, and this is now settled, he, he's not paying for, for whatever the settlement is that the league wants to do uh, or wants to make with the city of St. Louis, and we're going down this and it's December and we're getting into early January – What's the timeline look like in your mind for if there was a settlement that is offered by the league? What do you think we're looking for over the next couple of months prior to this potentially going to trial? Well, deadline spur action. So that's the next time where it would make sense to try to work it all out. Now, you're going to incur a load of money between now and then getting ready for trial. 
but relative to the kind of money we're talking about, it's not all that much. And that's the game of chicken that the lawyers engage in. When when is the right time to pull the trigger on this? When is the right moment to get together and try to work it out? And a lot of it depends upon things I'm not privy to, like how do the lawyers get along? What are the personalities involved? Who's really pushing this thing forward? Are there people who are serving as impediments or as somebody who would be conducive to getting a deal done? I'm a big fan of mediation where you hire a retired judge or a completely neutral lawyer who comes in and presides over settlement discussions because once the parties submit to that in good faith, something kind of takes over and it becomes very transactional. It's just a matter of working out numbers, working out terms, or whatever. So it can happen at any time before trial, but if the St. Louis plaintiffs are putting both thumbs and basically the rest of their hands and wrists and elbows and shoulders on the scale because they know that they've got the NFL on the run, the number may be so high that the NFL just says, screw it, we're, we're not even going to come to the table. We'll get you out of here on this, Mike. Is there anything else that people here in St. Louis need to know about this lawsuit, what has taken place over the last 24 hours, where you think this is going to go? Well, there was one comment that was made by Jerry Jones that he blamed an unnamed owner for having a shaky performance during the sworn deposition testimony that was given by several you told owners. Us that and, was coming last time we talked. Well, and 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 that, but see that that's that's the precursor to the Seinfeld finale trial, where it's going to be one after another, and they're going to get twisted up in knots, and they're going to be impossible to properly prepare. And even then, the the inherent arrogance that goes along with being an American oligarch is going to be impossible to overcome. And look, I I wish that that was a problem that I had to try to deal with to understand how to, you know, communicate to a jury and communicate to a judge because I'm surrounded by people who are constantly kissing my ass and telling me that everything I say is 100% accurate. I'd love to have that problem. But that's the problem that they're going to have. And it may be more than one that ends up looking like not a very good witness, not a very believable witness when it's time to go to trial. Mike, you're the absolute best. Appreciate you giving us the time today. We'll be uh, checking out your work over at ProFootballTalk.com and following you on Twitter at ProFootballTalk. All the best, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. See you. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just 3 bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hour. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.